tonight's adventure is going to begin in a reticulator. So here in Gaim, when you need to travel from one tier to the next, vertically speaking, uh, they have machines that will actually change your elevation. Um, but those machines, they have a name here in Gaim. Those machines are called reticulators, okay? And they're precision <laughs> instruments. They're not, you know, rickety, ratchety, clickety, clackety, clanking metal cages, okay? This is like a, it's got a carpet in there. It's got little bean bags in the corners for you to sit in. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's like a, you know, a chill vibe. Um, and they even have a little bit of uh, music playing in the background as you're making your way down, literally, downtown. Uh, yeah, you've got this. You got this nice little vibe going on. Sounds great to and me. And that is where we find Radford the monk. We find Zothkug the cleric. We find Alan the barbarian, and we find Laredith the avatar, who has uh, apparently been quietly smuggled through gang territory, and is on her way down to the clockwork tier, the tenth or the first tier of Gaim, ten tiers down from you. Uh, the base of this city cavern where the palace of royalty is and where hopefully you will appeal to Salen, the queen of Gaim, to provide safe asylum while Laredith is being hunted. But for the moment, the doors have just slid shut behind you with a gentle whoosh, click, and you are now all standing together, making your way downtown. This is a much nicer elevation change machine than we're used to. Excuse me. I need to sit on the left side. Uh, sure. Uh, Alan will, like, scoot, scoot okay. into a yeah. spot. Ooh. Okay, that's better. That's better. Thanks. Is there something specific about the left side of these machines? I just used my, my cane on my right side. I like to, you know, oh. don't like to leave my back to a, to a door and got a little trick elbow. Sometimes it needs a little, ah, you know, leaning. Or something sure of course so uh, uh radford mm -hmm. how'd you uh end up at four guys adventures and vibe oh well they were uh you know causing a bit of a stir a little bit of a kerfuffle with the uh you know with the with the vipers and the and the dead eyes cleaning things up and uh they weren't doing too great and they needed some muscle and i was like hey i could like help out Need some uh, coin, but you're a you're a wrenchy, aren't you, big guy? Well, not you, big guy. You, and he points to Alan. Uh, Alan will kind of like smirk at the at the term wrenchy and kind of uh, uh, yes, and actually, uh, Laredith here is uh, you would possibly consider a wrenchy as well. And Alan will kind of pat Laredith on the back. Ow, that's really mm. sore from where my wings were ripped off. Please don't uh, do that. Alan, Alan is Alan was okay. Alan would totally be conscientious <laughs> of that okay. and not pat on the on the <laughs> wings. I, I am I am, or Alan would be, I am so sorry and like completely like hands behind his back like okay. not not be, not gonna do that ever again. She just sits back and and is kind of like close eyed resting on her beanbag. Yeah. So anyway, I uh was just kind of hmm. I heard about you and how you're really good at like making stuff and fixing things up. Is that a... Uh, well, I, I appreciate that, and whoever uh, gave that information to you, they're very kind. Um, I, you know, 
I think a lot of the things that I've worked on and helped create are are all in that, as though I, I helped create them. Um, I feel like I learned a lot from Elaine Mollusk from our adventures down in Tumbleweb, which I'm sure you, you may have heard about from, from Yeah. Um, and also from one of the original founders who... And then Alan's going to kind of look at the rest of the group and kind of like nod, kind of like trying to like gain a little bit of confidence about it, who hopefully will be rescuing soon. Um, Jeb, Jebediah Peppermint. Mm -hmm. He, uh, he was a really good ideas man, ideas guy. And, um, I feel like I learned a lot from him. So I, I think, I think I've helped work on a lot of, a lot of great things and I really appreciate that. But you know, it's, it's all about collaboration, honestly. A team effort. Yes, yes, exactly. So you and the ideas guy. Huh. You ever, uh... You ever work on something... Big? Uh, well, um, I feel like... We had some big ideas for sure, and Alan will kind of like shift a little bit and then kind of remember that he has, um... Big Boy and uh, the Blunderbuss in his pack mm. still, and he'll kind of pull out the Blunderbuss. Oh, or, no, or he'll no, pull no. out Big Boy because no, that's talking, the one that he helped work on. I'm talking big, like, like bigger than this verticulator. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's our idea for televising. I'm not talking to big in concept. <laughs> and Alan's gonna kind of like put his hand in his hand for televising. He's like, ah, televising, that's that was definitely more Jeb. Um, uh, I, you know, not necessarily, um, we, we worked on a lot of modifications for our cypher truck, however the cypher truck was already built and engineered by Elaine Mollusk, um, but it's not, not exactly, no. Hmm. You think you'd be up for the challenge? Oh, I would be very interested in the challenge. Well? Especially if it were to help us on our journey here. Well, so... I'm looking for something. And and he gets like really, really kind of kind of squinty eyed and says, Alan's going to lean in. Have you ever heard of? So I'll lean in too. Yeah, you do. Have you ever heard of the month of mellow? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I actually have heard of it. Um, in fact, when I first uh, arrived back when I was a soldier um, at uh, Rust Free, which eventually became stainless, um, we arrived around the time of, of of the month of Mellow, and one of our first preparations or actions that we did once we once we got there and liberated the city um, was to set preparations for the festival. But it never happened. No, the darkening happened. I've been on a bit of a pilgrimage, kind of searching myself out, finding my way in the world, and I feel like the month is key. Hmm. I. I need to... And he kind of like looks out the windows, just make sure there's like, there's no... He's looking for, for people to, to like, possibly overhear, even though he knows he's like descending in a verticulator. He like waits for one of the layers to yeah, go by. Yeah, there are no windows. You are yeah. in an enclosed, you're in an enclosed <laughs> device hanging from a cable suspended from a rock pendant that is suspended from the ceiling of a cavern, making your way down to the next tier. So, I haven't been there in a long time. I haven't seen him in a long time, but I'm looking for Kay. Have, did you know Kay before the darkening? I mean, I didn't know him, but I've been in one of his parties a time or two. 
Mm. Really nice barges. Really good stuff. Really good food. Nice vibes. The best vibes. Ooh, I tell you, no one threw a threw a party like Kay. But I was all ready for the month of Mellow. I was ready for it. He talked it up years in advance. And uh <laughs> level nine, the silver tier. The doors open and you find yourselves in the uh, central gem hall of the ninth tier, the silver tier. And just as the um, tenth tier, the top level of this city is called the rock tier and most of it is constructed from rock. The hall that you stand in is constructed entirely of worked silver. You step out of the verticulator and as you're continuing to go down, you basically bypass a large line of people who are leaving, get into the next one. After a short wait, it slides shut making your way down to the ruby tier. Let me tell you, Radford, our entire town was so ready for the month of Mellow. We had so many fun parties. It was a dark time. Yeah, I, I would be, I'd be interested to hear, Zothkug, what that was like for you, especially as a worshiper of Kalnor. In, in Stainless, it, it was definitely disappointing as it was kind of going to be considered the 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 symbol of the new leadership and the new direction for the city um and it simply never came um but i imagine for a town of of people who were extremely invested in the religious aspect of it as well it must have been devastating it it hit us hard it hit us all very very hard um we had a, an annual festival every year in honor of him uh, called uh, Stockwood. Um, and we would like go into the woods and we would all set up tents and it'd be like a giant camping trip, basically. But everyone's dancing. Everyone's using their magic to like enhance the party. Mm. We'd get we'd make these like giant piles of wood and have these huge bonfires. Everyone would be making various foods. We'd use whatever we found in the forest. It was it was a good time. Did you ever go to Stockwood Fox? Fox isn't here. Who's Fox? Oh right. Oh oh. Um, I know it's it's been it's been a tiring journey. I I kind of forgot he wasn't here as well. Oh, is that your buddy? He's uh he's up. He stayed behind. We cut from this elevator. The camera whip pans vertically back to the tenth tier of Gaim where the streets are still pretty dirty. This is a fairly poor area of town. And specifically, we moved to Crystal Alley, which is a larger collection of basically three pendants. A pendant is like a city block here in Gaim. And so these giant hanging city blocks suspended by steel cables, three of them smushed together, create uh, Crystal Alley. And Crystal Alley is the home of the Red Viper Gang, through which Fox attempted, one-legged, to hobble... Uh, using his sword as as his tied to his knee or tied to where his knee should be as his other leg attempted to hobble through uh, on his way back after delivering some important letters, uh, warnings to other kingdoms and the like to scale and sons. Fox attempted to get through and about halfway through Crystal Alley, he made a few dexterity related mistakes Things that, you know, if he had had the leg, he had the phantom pain that implied he had probably wouldn't have happened. And he found himself fallen and seized by a large number of red vipers. And specifically, Fox ended our last session saying he's got one trick left up his sleeve. And so I assume, although it is, of course, up to our player, 
uh, I assume he'll be trying his one trick. Uh, what will you do, Fox? Well, um, uh, so am I, am I grabbed yet? No, you've just fallen. You've kind of landed. There's no like foliage or anything, but you've landed at the base of the wall you were trying to climb. It wasn't a, de- a long enough okay, fall okay. to harm you any worse, but you are like, you know, you're prone on the ground. You got to pick yourself back up again. In the back of your mind, you hear, is it time for the glory of battle? <laughs> Not now, Shadow Walker. Um, I'm going to... I'm in an alley, though, right? Yeah. This isn't the best lighting. No. Right? Not the best lighting. All right. I'm going to pull only what a level 20 ranger could have ever pulled. And I'm going to attempt to hide as a level nine rogue, <laughs> yeah. an attempt to hide in plain sight, but with the addition of just staring somebody dead in the eye, as I turn both my skin and hair and my armor all into the colors of the things around me. <laughs> all right, uh, roll a stealth check with advantage. Ah. That's not a good omen. Oh, I need that advantage. Okay. Okay. So, all right. They're not. They're not good, right? I don't know. Like, there's a bunch of them. That's gonna help, and they know the land. I, uh, yeah, but they're, they're but they're no level twenty uh, ranger, right? I don't know. What'd you roll on your stealth? Uh, well, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> um, I'm ready. Psych, it's a 21. I would never <laughs> roll bad. Get out of here. Fox, more like chameleon. Am I right? Got him. A group of red vipers walks into the alley. From I did where roll you're, three, though, the first roll. From where you're attempting to hide in plain sight, basically back against the wall, arms kind of aligned with the, like, cracks in the brick mortar, so that you kind of, like, blend into this spot. I feel like Homer Simpson, you like... See, you see four of them come down the, the alleyway first, and they're looking. Like, they heard you fall. They know you're in this alley somewhere. They're kicking over bags of trash. You know, one of them flips open a dumpster and kind of looks inside. They keep walking. You see another one flip out a knife. I'm going to gut this guy they keep walking down they walk right past you but behind them another two following them up look over and one of them looks right at you and goes he's right here i'm gonna (laughs) can i right before he says something he will say it anyway but can i just like look up make dead eye contact and just go shh He's right here. He's right over here. And they're gonna rush okay. up and attempt to tackle you. Um. Uh, all right. Um. I'm going to uh, attempt to jump over the dumpster that they had opened, and and do some hardcore parkour with one leg. All right. Uh, that'll be an athletics with disadvantage. Uh. I did get a twenty. <laughs> But it was my uh, better roll. So uh, disadvantage means I instead got a 15, which ain't half bad. It wouldn't have been half bad, but they not 20 their check to catch up to you. They, You're like hopping the dumpster and you do. It's a fairly good hop for someone with one leg and a sword as the other leg. But as you like pull back and get the leverage to hop over, the other four have turned around at the end of the alley and are coming back. So you do a great dodge away from the two who are chasing you. 
Um, but you land right in the arms of the other four who just grab you and like slam you up against the wall, basically. And they're kind of holding you in place. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Uh, <laughs> we can talk, you know, not with our fists. Save it for the boss. I, I, and they, they just start dragging you down the alleyway. I, I I have I have a leg. Okay, can you at least let me <laughs> try to walk? Nah, he's too flighty. No, you got my arms. You got my arms. What I can I what can I do? I I, I listen. You're, you're 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 dolling the one peg leg. I just got it. <laughs> do you know how expensive this was? You know what? Roll persuasion. <laughs> I got a thirteen. They rolled a 13. I suppose attacker wins in a tie. So they, <laughs> they're like, fine, you can walk, but we're not letting go. And they're holding you by the shoulder and the elbow. You know what I mean? Like a, a really tight grip on each arm. And then the two are in front of you and two are behind you. And you're kind of hopping. I, I respect up. you for, for letting me at least keep some of my dignity. Uh, what's your name? Nice try. Punk. We know who you work for. And they begin leading you to, when they get to the end of the alley, they bring you into a warehouse. Presumably, this was once a printing house, like newspapers and okay. the like were printed here. You can see large machines with big stamps on rolls, big crates in the corner full of dusty, kind of mildewy parchments and papers and things. Um, but now it has been kind of taken over and and is is run by the Red Vipers, and so they have kind of a oh, an wow. organizational setup a... here. You know, one of the one of the crates where there should be paper has been replaced with baseball bats and things like that. This um, is a nice place you got here. <laughs> you know, this, oh, and you know what? I I love the broken glass fatigue. You know, it's they say it's coming back. We cut from here back to the elevator where Radford and the party are making their way downtown. Oh, yeah, sorry. I, I sometimes forget Fox isn't with us all the time. I'm used to having him well, around. And it's, it's also like, you know, Laredith mm. is here, so there is a fourth body here, so I could see like out of the corner of your eye, perhaps, you know? Um, but yeah, anyway. Yeah, uh, and, that, and then the darkening happened and sort of everyone's vibe sort of dimmed and like we were all just kind of sitting around one day. I was in the library reading the legit holy text for who God knows how many other times I've read it. Um, but I just like, I, I, I want to go figure out what happened. I want to go find Kelnor. I want to, where did magic go? Find, find some answers. So uh, Fox came to me and he was like, Hey man, I'm leaving town. And I'm like, I'll come with you. Yeah. That, and, and now it's led us to here, which I'm sure thinking about it, I'm sure Fox left for different reasons. I think you said that before and Alan will kind of smirk a little bit, but, but in a way yeah. it sounds as though an Alan will kind of like gesture to both Zoth and Radford and be like, well, it sounds like in some ways you guys have very similar kind of quests that led you to this point. Maybe. Maybe. There's just a... I don't know. I had a... You believe in bad omens? Yeah, man, I and do. I think especially after all we've been through and seen, I, I'm i much more open to believing anything at this point. <laughs> hmm. Well, I'm on a special mission. A special mission to find the avatars, and, and I'm... I'm looking for Kay, and... I found him. You found him? Well, kind of. See, I, I travel a lot. 
And I've been around a lot of different places for many years, and and when the darkening happened, I spent the I spent the next couple years watching the sky and and tracking things, and and I found I found one of his ships. Really? Yeah. Good news and bad news. Um, I was able to bring it back home, and uh, and figure out where it uh, landed. It was damaged. Where was that? DM, did we ever determine, did the society ever, like, determine yeah, exactly it's in, where it was? Yeah, I mean, it's was? in Praxenhaus domain. You found it specifically. Like, you know where it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's on a mountain, an icy cold mountain, back where, uh, near where I'm from. And, uh, but it's, but it's all messed up. It's lodged in the side of the mountain, and uh, I'm not sure if it's going to be buoyant, but it definitely needs to be worked is, on. Is K there? Like, is K on the ship? Oh no, no! This is like one of the one of his side barges. Interesting. One that uh, you know, because because we would all like converge. K's ship. He his ship never came down, but but these these uh these little barges would often go off and resupply, and then mm. come and dock and you know bring deliveries back to his to his. You know, if we could uh, go there and fix it up, maybe it would be easier to find it. That that is quite well, an idea. And he points at Owl and he's like, "That's where I'm hoping you come in. Uh, you came highly recommended, and uh, I've been traveling a while, and I guess I got here a little bit before you. So uh, while I was waiting, just decided to." Help your little company out. Hmm. That is extremely intriguing. That, and you say it's, where are you from? Level eight, the ruby tier. The doors swing open. Another die is added to the tension pool. You step out of the reticulator. You go through a line. This this process continues, obviously, for 10 tiers. I'm not going to continue narrating it over and over again, but this is a good cut point for me to jump back to Fox. What were you going to say, Jake? I would say for flavor... Um, just to like help Laredith's like like the fact that we're escorting Laredith, Alan is gonna inconspicuously try to stand. He's a, he's a big bodied man. He's gonna try to stand right. in between any crowd and like where Laredith is. Not like conspicuously, like I'm covering up someone you shouldn't see, but just generally so that he can kind of be in the mm-hmm. like in the line of sight between people. So that way it's not like obvious if there's some bad guy there that's like, hey, I know that. Kill her. Yeah. Anyway. Bodyguarding. Absolutely. Cool. Um, we <laughs> cut back to Fox, who is in Crystal Alley. He's in a warehouse. He's being led, um, not dragged anymore, but he is being led by several red vipers uh, through the old printing house that they've taken over that they're kind of using as their base, if you will. You know, if, if gangs have bases. And Fox, roll an insight check for me. Ooh. Gotta hit the lotto today, because I got a lucky seven on the die, which means with my insight of a whole plus one, that's a nat 20. (laughs) (laughs) You, um, okay, so the pain in your leg from your fall is making it hard for you to be as as kind of perceptive and insightful as you would normally be. You do pick up on one thing, though. Um, Everybody here seems pretty young. Like, this gang seems like it's kind of a bunch of kids. Um they 
are walk not like little kids they're not newsies but like sure sure, you know, sure. They're, they're like but, you, you know, know teenagers basically um they they're leading you to basically the back of the printing press area is like the offices right so so the gang leader has like an office for Ooh. himself they bring you into the office and sit you down on a chair classy um, like it office and, yes uh chat has granted very a boon, professional and so um they sit you down in the chair but they do not tie you up or restrain you because they're like ah he's got a he's got a gimpy leg he's a little hop along we don't need to tie this one up uh go and get red and sure enough the leader of the red vipers goes by red that's the name that this guy uses oh yes i love the name very short concise to the point yeah so this dwarf teen basically walks into the room and he's you know very thuggish he's he's big he's muscly um he's got some interesting tattoos they don't look like they're magical tattoos to you at least not at first glance they're just like someone's inked him up and he thinks it's cool you know little chain links around the biceps stuff like that he walks in he goes all right let's see what we can do with you first well, off we'll be needing down to, to collect your yeah. tithe so let's just we'll have that and he points at the sword tied to your leg um, oh i'm sorry uh this is surgically attached uh, no, it's yeah. tied there with some rope. I'm looking right at the rope there. We're gonna take that. Yeah, it's it's, but it's attached via the sole. Even as you're saying it, two of the red vipers have walked up and begun untying the rope. You hear Shadow Walker's voice in the back of your head, like, "Now is the time for glory! Attack!" I'm gonna, I'm gonna, um, kick up my stump leg, okay, in an attempt to kick Shadow Walker into the ceiling. And embed them in the ceiling. Oh, like after they've untied it, basically? Like you're going to try yeah. and hit the... Interesting. Uh, players, do we believe this is something that he should do as a performance check as a bard? <laughs> or is it something he should do as a dexterity check as a rogue? It depends on whether... Okay, uh, uh, what's your intent here, Fox? Is it to astound or for practical reasons? Um, Combat reasons. That's a good question. It's a panic <laughs> I feel like if it's a panic, Dex. then it goes to his first instinct, which is roguish instincts. I think you're probably right. Yes. All right. So roll me I a agree. dexterity check. And there are several difficulties here. I'm not going to give you disadvantage, but the DC is going to be pretty high for this one for you to impale the sword in the ceiling of this office. How high are we talking? We're talking a 15. You should know better. <laughs> I got a 24. <laughs> All right. So sure enough, they're untying it, and you look as though you're being totally complacent, and then just as the last knot comes loose, you whip your little stump leg, and it flings the sword into the ceiling. You hear in the back of your, like, the voice in the back of your head goes, <laughs> and, um, and I'm going to immediately quick out, sorry, uh, you got to understand, it's very dangerous. They're all looking at you like he's got a little more fire in him than we expected. Turn out your pockets. How much money you carry in? I think I think I left my money in the cart. I think oh, all of no. you did actually. I think you only have like pocket change and whatever is in the actual bank. Uh, yeah, I have like two wingle digits. <laughs> We're all broke after <laughs> after the last <laughs> events. They take your two wingle digits. They're like two wingle digits. This is what you carry. You're gonna. I don't carry cash anymore. You're gonna have to pay a different. <laughs> 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 
Um, <laughs> I gotta pull it back. Hang on. Just, I'll be right back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <clears throat> oh. Right. Thug. Inspiration to the man with one leg. <laughs> <Yeah>. Not yet. <laughs> um, but we'll we'll get there maybe. Um, oh. Mm. All right. Well, if you can't pay your toll with money, you're gonna have to pay it another way. You. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm not interested in you. I'm sorry. You, you. look very handsome. What are you talking about? <laughs> I well, you, you said I have to pay another. You know, I embarrassed myself. I am so sorry. <laughs> you work for Four Guys Ventures and Vibes. You're going to get yourself... In a manner of speaking. You're going to bring Yeah the Mykonid out from the Four Guys headquarters so that we can right. beat the crap out of him and get him to clear out of what is our new turf on Malarkey Circle. I, I, I think you have a misconception here, all right? L- look at me. All right. You should know my trade by now. Do I look like somebody who's tied down by an organization or perhaps somebody who works for money for whoever pays? just walked through Crystal Alley like an hour ago with the rest of Four Guys Ventures and Vibes. Helped them accomplish their aims. Dropped off letters on their behalf and then said, I'm going to go. You said, I'm going to go back. And well, I gotta go. With the it's move. a courtesy. That's what you it's said. It's a courtesy. Yes, help them move. <laughs> Roll my payment with along. disadvantage. This is a huge <laughs> stretch for you to try and pull off. <laughs> ah! Okay, hear me out. Twelve. <laughs> Which I want you to know is the lowest I can roll without rolling a nat one. <laughs> Eighteen. Uh. You are not fooling anybody. As far as we can tell, you've got a very vested interest in the continuation of Four Guys Ventures and Vibes. If you want to see a continued interest in your other leg, then you're going to do what we tell you. I got to say, you've got me. You got me pegged on that one. But I will say, if I'm really that vestedly interested in this, right, why, why would I do this for you? Like, it, it just, if I'm really that loyal as you saw I am, why would I then get my leader beat up? Because like, if you, you're you not connecting the dots. You up. Yeah, but I've lost a leg already. Yeah, so you're like all vulnerable and stuff. Do I look vulnerable and stuff? <laughs> uh, you tell me, Fox, do you? Uh, not after kicking a sword. I'm, I'm going to. I guess that's fair. Roll, roll sit like up a, straight. Um, roll maybe... Wait, wait. I'm gonna do a... Can I do... Can I kick flip up with one leg? I wanna land... It's a, it's a straight up acrobatics or performance. You're but trying I to wanna kick flip like, out of a chair? Like, you're seated in a chair. You're not laying on the like, ground. I'm, I'm gonna go like... Out of the chair, but land on my one leg and then put my hands on his desk. You can do that. Sure. You do that. You kick... You, you hop up <laughs> on your one leg, hands on his desk. You so now you're that. like you just leaning right into his face. He leans back a little bit, like a little bit taken aback. Um, his his kind of like lackeys who are in the room with him take a couple steps towards you. And they go, you want us to beat him up, boss? And he goes, no, no, no. He's negotiating. Let's see what he's got. All right. Now, I understand you're looking for territory. And I understand that my company that I'm a part of 
is currently in your way. So instead of perhaps playing, I don't know, this schoolyard game of beating each other up, perhaps I can negotiate a meeting instead and handle this like professionals. Obviously, I'd be your hostage for this meeting. (laughs) And that would then, obviously, we just need to find a neutral ground to meet. I can't lure him into a place where your goons could be lurking right around the corner, obviously. So that's why I think your idea might need some work. But I can at the very least negotiate a meeting where we might actually, I don't know, get something done. Because I'm going to be honest with you, that that first plan, it, it, it needs a little work. <laughs> Roll persuasion. Like you're trying to convince them that, that your plan is better than theirs. That's a 13. Uh, they rolled a four, so... Uh, yes. <laughs> well, we can use Rumley as the, the neutral ground. Okay. Um, obviously, you're not going to let me just waltz back in um, without some not. sort of collateral... So, uh, let's think of collateral. All right. How about this? I can tell one of your people to go and give a certain passphrase. And then as long as you send somebody that you think can set it up and not get up, then I'm sure we'll have a meeting at, I think there's like some bar at that place you talked about? I'm sure no, we can we'll all meet there. No, we'll take that as collateral. And red points at the Mobius loop that you keep on your arm. We'll hang on to that, and you'll go set up a meeting. Can I Can I roll sleight of hand to be what Mobius loop? No, <laughs> they rolled a nat 20 on their insight to try and figure out what the most valuable Damn thing you it. had was. All right. Hmm. Okay. I will say this. Uh, be careful. It's been known to break lesser minds. And I take it off very carefully. Okay. With effort. And then gingerly place it down on his desk. Cool. He picks it up, tosses it up in the air and catches it. And he goes, doesn't seem so scary to me. It never does. Roll intimidation. 14. <laughs> 18. Uh, he does not seem particularly scared by what you've said. I shrug it off. All right. Go set up a meeting. Tell him if, if we don't see him today, we're keeping your stuff and we're coming over there. Uh, and we cut from here back to the elevator. You are now on on the verticulator, leaving the third tier and heading down to the second. We ah. just left the Jasper tier. The conversation has maybe progressed. We've probably learned a little bit about each other. You can pick it up wherever you choose as a group. What do you think? I, I, th- is that, is this something you're interested in doing? Uh, short answer is yes. Um, extremely so. I think that finding K will be an extremely valuable part of what we need to do here, um, in this mission, especially, um, wait, what mission? Like, what's your mission? Well, I, I don't know if you've, I thought you were just like owners. Well, yes, but I, you know, you mentioned, you know, your quest to, find the avatars and you know to learn what happened about the darkening has has uh yeah told you about what we found out uh beneath tumbleweb and 
kind of the 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 goal, the mission statement beyond the beyond the beyond the actual mission statement that we have in our charter, what our real mission statement is? Nah. That scruffy little guy really keeps his cards mm. close to his chest. Well, and Alan's gonna kinda like look back to the rest of the elevator and kind of be like, well, we already have Laredith here, and yeah, trusts him, and <laughs> we're already talking about this stuff. So it's like, well, we have found a plot. The plot that that started the dark that created the darkening, and that its goal is to eliminate magic completely from the world and to cast it completely into darkness and the only way to stop these aboleths that are attempting to do this is to free the avatars um and which and find the the pieces of the rod of seven parts and and use them to banish these aboleths and bring magic back to the world they have the all many of the avatars or i guess only one that we know of now do bumblefoot Captured and they're siphoning magic off. Ooh Will you be good to know that I have found and met two other avatars really? Mm-hmm. Which two? Um, I was instrumental in in meeting Garlow and Setonia Garlow, I we... told them my plight about uh about Kay and mm -hmm. they were the ones that they gave me your names and they said oh in my great quest to find the avatars that I should seek you out, so I, I'd be happy to, uh, you know, let you guys in on, on my quest here. Seeing as though I've found two and I'm already looking for, for one more. And have a good lead on one. Who is that? Okay. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. I thought <laughs> perhaps you also had another lead on another avatar. Are you sure you're a wrenchy? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sorry. Sometimes uh, I, you know, my brain goes to other things and I... You know, get, mm, get it's the elevation. It um, gets a little hard to breathe down here. Mm. <laughs> yes, uh, I, I'm. I'm not as well. You would think after spending so much time, even in the underdark, that I would be used to depths such as these. But it's. Ooh, you've been to the underdark. Well, yes, yes. We uh, we we found um, some of the mining stations that uh, the aboleths were using to extract this this magical mineral from from the earth and using it to store up this magic that they were siphoning um and it's actually <clears> the the fundamental ingredient of wingle digits wingle digits are a huge part level two the amethyst tier the doors swing open this low things are becoming much more orderly there are actual attendants outside the elevator who are there to see if you have any bags that need carrying anything like that one of them uh clocks that um, Radford's a little older and says, would you like a hand, sir? And holds out an arm to him. Yes, thank you. Very good, very good. We will bring you around to the next verticulated carriage. Are you continuing on downwards, or are you getting off here at the uh, Amethyst tier? Uh, downward and onward. Downward and onward, indeed. Very well. Here you are, and they help you into the next verticulated carriage. Please have your papers of appointment ready upon exiting the lift to continue your journey, and we hope you have an exceptional day. And the verticulator continues moving down. Do we think? Dips on the left. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, you got these papers, right? Alan's gonna kind of like look at uh, Laredith and kind of be like, "Well, do, do we? Do you think you might count as papers of appointment?" I think no one will recognize me in my current state. I am mm. not only wingless; I am also somewhat emaciated from three years in captivity. 
and I cannot perform any of the magic that would normally be the obvious sign of who I am. Uh, well, even even in the proximity of uh, Zothkug's um, staff of, of wisdom? A fascinating of question. I have not tried. I feel that perhaps as my divine story is so low, if I over-exercise what little power remains, it could be very dangerous. So I haven't even experimented with this this small uh, portable weave that you carry. Uh, to be fair, I have never seen Zothkuk draw that rod, so it's easy to forget that he has it. Uh, and she kind of sits down and pulls out a couple of like random tools from Owlin's tinkering pack, like just reaches up kind of mindlessly. <laughs> not not like she's stealing them. She just like isn't even oh, thinking yeah. about it. She's just lost in engineer world. And she kind of begins messing with his artificer tools. And sure enough, a little flame like sparks to light. She goes, I believe I can at least perform cantrips. That is something to be going on with. That may be enough uh, in Does this case. Does anyone have any paper? I think I have some. And he digs through his bag. She uh, do I hands have the tools back to Alan? I actually do not have any paper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, uh, Alan, uh, I remember listening to an older episode at one point. Alan intentionally bought a notebook. So okay. he, Alan has a notebook. Uh, she takes the notebook from you and she goes, well, the last time I was in Gaim was 410 years ago. But if they use the same appointment forms, then I should be able to. And she begins casting um, prestidigitation on the page to try and change it to look vaguely like an appointment sheet. And then okay. she takes your paper and starts to fill in the form. So it's like not a full image because it's such a weak sure. trip, but she can at least like kind of age the paper and stuff. And she begins writing in and creating like an appointment sheet for you. And she goes, there's like a 13 and a half percent chance this will get us past the door attendance. Can Alan do some brain math and think about, okay, 400 years, does that mean it's probably not the same Queen of Gaim that that Laredith knows? That's a great question. Uh, how about Alan rolls um, history with advantage? Okay. Could I um, assist or also roll history? Because I was talking to Caitlin a lot and maybe... Uh, you can roll to assist. Okay. Perfect. I'm going to give Laredith a brownie. <laughs> I got a I got a nineteen to assist. Okay, so, so that means I get advantage. double advantage. Yeah, let's go. Because I only got an eleven. Okay, twenty-one. Thank you for the double advantage. The queen in Gaim is definitely different since then. However, there is a chance. Like Laredith has said specifically that she's met the queen of Gaim. She may have met outside of the city state. Like ah, you know, it's possible that there are other places they could have encountered each other. So you can't know for sure that it's it's not someone she knows. Okay, that'll put Alan a little bit more at ease. And he may even actually ask, just to double check, uh, if the last time you were here was 400 years ago, did you meet the Queen of Gaim more recently than that? Oh, yes, we met in the Underdark. Oh, perfect. That that makes a lot more sense. I that Sweet. Yes. <laughs> she accomplished a pretty incredible feat in the Underdark, and so I went down to observe what had happened and see if perhaps I could reignite some trade between the two warring factions that ah. she had quelled. That makes a lot of sense. Alan's going to kind of look back at uh, Radford. And do you have much experience in this lowest tier? Like, have you been in this situation before? Have I been down here before, DM? No. No? This is like, this is the royalty tier. Like, there aren't any houses or anything down here. There's the palace and there's all the stuff that the queen herself oversees. There's not really, like, a lot of cause to go down here unless you are specific, like, unless you have business with royalty. Yeah, and I think I think Radford probably would have stuck to the tops 
just to like because that's where he's been working and he's just been waiting on alan yeah no not really mm. every once in a while i'll like go out on a bridge and peek down and just kind of people watch for a while but you can't really see down this far too well anyway sure did do you know what the the normal process for seeing audience gaining audience with the royalty is you would visit with your politico on whichever tier of Gaim you live on each tier has a politico who oversees it and that politico if they saw fit to pass your plea on would schedule an appointment for you uh in the palace receiving hall so we're gonna be taking the queen by surprise essentially um but at, at minimum, we could at least probably gain an audience with Caitlyn, maybe. Don't worry, royalty if, loves that... surprises. <laughs> uh, we we sh we shall see. Um, I just hope that this this goes well and we're able to find a, a safe spot for you, um, for you to recover. Because, and then Alan will kind of look at at Radford and and Zoth and kind of be like, because it sounds like, um, our our upcoming journeys will not be exactly restful. Alan, give me a piece of paper. I have a backup plan. <laughs> Alan's gonna tear out an extra piece of paper. Okay. Give it to Zoth. Um, uh, Laredith says, I agree with you. I too hope that this works because uh, according to my calculations, based on the limits of probability and the behaviors that I've seen exhibited in the past few days from the Aboleths, I believe their retribution will be swift and I believe it will be well targeted with all the information they have gained from your companion. Uh, yes, that's why it, it's very, you know, this this process of warning all of our allies and relocating our base of operations, I think, is uh, it's quite important. As well as I really appreciated, I don't remember whose idea it was, perhaps it was Fox's, um, the idea to perhaps lie in wait at our old place of business and try to glean some sort of information or perhaps set a trap for the Aboleth's forces, I think that that will be quite helpful to us as well. But we shall see. Level one, the clockwork tier. The elevator music kind of crackles out abruptly. The doors open, and standing there in front of you at the door is another attendant. Uh, and they say, papers, please. Al Alan will kind of like nod to Laredith. Oh, she gave the paper back to you, so she just nods oh, to you. Oh, okay. Like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> and then Alan's going to like you? act like After very official, you. like, yes, this was meant to happen, and hand the, the papers that Laredith forged. Okay. Um, the Politico, or not the Politico, but the, the attendant takes the papers and looks down at them. This. When did you schedule this appointment? This This has been an appointment a long time coming. How long? <laughs> Alan's gonna look at Laredith and kind of say, uh, a, a long time. These forms have not been in use for 232 years. It's much easier to, to simply send an arcane message or, in the absence of magic, use a hotwire. Um... Are you sure that... Let me check the books. I don't know that an appointment this old will still be on them. And he folds up the paper and hands it back to you and opens a large tome of appointments. It's like like if Microsoft Excel were a book, it wouldn't be this big. He like opens <laughs> up this tome and begins flipping from page to page. And he goes the whole way to the back, you know, and then starts working <laughs> his way 
um, back backwards from there. He says, I, I'm afraid I do not see your appointment on the books. The queen will not be expecting you. I, I think you'll need to schedule a new appointment through the proper channels. Um, I'm, pardon me if this is overstepping, but I don't believe that the queen will want to miss an appointment with an avatar 200 years in the making. With an avatar? That is correct. What avatar? He looks into the elevator like, where are you keeping it? You know, in the in the reticulator. What avatar? That would be me, says Larodith, thus backing me into the horrifying position of having to DM a conversation with myself. This is <laughs> I have an exchange of words that comes down to a die roll where Larodith attempts to roll persuasion uh, to convince this person of who she is. And she rolls it with advantage because she is, in fact, Larodith and can do some cantrips. And after using some of her magic, she finally convinces him that she is, in fact, Larodith Avatar of Awara. Um, and he very deferentially bows and, you know, apologizes and whatnot and begins helping you off of the elevator. And he says, but you do have at least your papers of residence, correct? Because some of the wardens and the guards will not care about your appointment. They'll just want to see papers of residence. Uh, Radford, you have those. Um, mm -hmm. Like everyone is issued a set when they get to Gaim. It just says who you are and that you're here. Um, so at least you have one set. He leads you, knowing now that you're with an avatar, the attendant leads you through the um through the the verticulator room and you know out of the gem hall the inside of the clockwork hall is a maze of stanchions which you bypass because this attendant is like this is an avatar of the gods i'm just gonna walk around um but you walk past a bunch of you know they're they're very orderly lines um you see a number of administratas which is the title given to basically logistic managers um, you see a number of uh, local city watch, like Clockwork Tier City Watch, who all have the, the the little gear emblem emblazoned on their armor to signify which tier they represent. Um, the There's a, a bit of din, like it's loud because people are exchanging papers and talking and whatnot, but it's not so loud that like you can't hear or it dulls your senses or anything. But it's when you step out of the gem hall into the clockwork tier proper that things get really crazy. Wait for it. You walk out of the door and the streets are machined platinum sections inset into the ground flush rotating along a set of concentric gears. So to actually travel, you don't walk places, you step onto a moving street and the conveyor belt takes you places. This tier of the city, the ground level with all of the others above it, has hundreds of massive pillars because these are the bases of those aqueduct-like bridges that all of the other tiers use to connect hmm. to their pendants. The um, Viewed from down here, the pendulums form a sort of kaleidoscope pattern with light filling in the negative space due to the shafts that have been dug into the mountain above Gaim. So these skylights reach down in big 30-foot circles and create pockets of bright light that are obscured by pure pitch black darkness, except that it's been broken by torchlight. So there isn't really any area of true darkness down here. There are enough torches, and they appear to have been retrofitted onto something that, Alan, you recognize as maybe some kind of arcane system. Like, perhaps there was a level of artifice before providing light down here, but obviously mm. since the darkening, it no longer functions, and so they've had to retrofit actual torches and fire into those spaces. There are mm. a few large buildings here, um, owing to the large pillars interrupting the geography, there are not many. In specific, there's the palace. There's also the barracks of the Queen's Gemstone Guardians, which are basically like her personal honor guard. 
There's the gem hall, the building you just left where the reticulator is. And the fourth and final building, significantly larger than any of the others, is the administrative building, which climbs the southern wall of the city like a bizarre worm. Each section sat stacked on top of the last with walls of glass windows reflecting back down towards you. Other than that, they're all small buildings, um, single-purpose buildings, little gatehouses, um, outhouses, rest stops, things like that. And this tier, despite being at the bottom of the city, is spotless. You see different levels of artifice that are being powered by wingle digits walking around and collecting trash and cleaning the streets mm. and things like that. Um, and overall, it's just a whole experience and a half. And with that in mind, we find you now walking or really being walked down one of these conveyor belt-like streets towards the palace. Um, are you doing anything before you go where you need to be? This is quite, quite interesting. It is quite impressive. And Alan's going to be looking around and kind of even as they're like being moved on these conveyor belts and on these rotating parts, he's going to be like sometimes kind of just like crouching down and like examining the <laughs> trying to examine the machinery that's like moving them around. And like he's he's kind of like, you know, previously on those other levels, he was like trying to like keep eyes off of Laredith and stuff. And now that he's kind of made the gamble to tell this guy that it is Laredith, um, he's kind of just like, well, we're here now. I'm really interested in this and kind of like eyes darting everywhere, just like really taking it all in. And there is lots to see, even with like this. This whole section has been rebuilt to be Wingle Digit powered. Um, or to run on Sacrium or whatever. And mm -hmm. even so, there's still tons of interesting machinery to see here. There's, like I said, there's the street cleaners. There's the conveyor belt streets. Um, you can see that the the mailboxes here are actually automated. So they move to a central mail like depot and then come back to the building they're at huh. because down here it's all business correspondence, um, stuff like that. So there's just lots of different little intricate things to come across and it's it's pretty fascinating for you and you actually uh you gain a level of inspiration as you're just so excited to like explore all the different pieces Whoa. and things it really leans into the artificer of who you are um you eventually find yourselves at the back of a really long line um the there is an attendant there at the back an administrata who informs you that this is the line for the palace receiving hall checks your papers of appointment has the same kind of confusion has an exchange with laredith that i don't want to dm talking to myself and then <laughs> puts you in line um but the line is so long and the pillars so many that you can't actually see the palace from the back of the line here like mm. it's it's so long that you know you you have no idea where the palace is relative to you um, and as you are standing in that line, we cut back 10 floors above you, 1,500 feet higher, to Fox, who is um, swordless and Mobius loopless, uh, making his way back to the Forgav headquarters. Fox, you cross the, the long bridge between, um, between Crystal Alley and Rumley. You pass by the barkeep rocky who sticks his head out the door looking for um looking for radford and seeing only you and you with just one leg and nothing to hop on assumes the worst and shuts the door in case they're following you um you pass by the stacks where you can hear the sounds of blacksmiths cracking away at work the forges are going you hear the big billows of flame coming out the doors as they crank the bellows up um you you hear the sound of steam overlapping as it you know lands and super cools some iron and things that are being worked on and eventually you make your way down the final dirty bridge back to Malarkey Circle 
going around the loop, you pass by the weird dojo of the ninja guy who like only speaks a language that nobody else speaks. You pass by the fortune teller nobody believes, and eventually you come to the worn mousehold door of Four Guys Ventures and Vibes HQ. Can I actually... Can I stop by the fortune teller? Sure. You walk in to visit with the fortune teller. You push open the door, and as you do, the door, a little, like, wooden thing sticking out of the door, like, strums the strings of a harp that have been arranged in a circle. So when you open it, it goes... And you hear a voice that is clearly, like, it is them doing a voice. You hear someone go, Welcome to my humble abode. I can tell your fortune. I can see your future. I can unravel your past. Sit down with me, won't you? Oh, uh, is that because I have one leg? Or are you are you being is? Come on, you know I I still have functionality. All right. It is because Jeez. unless you sit, you will not be able to partake of the curiosity. And as a haze of lavender perfume splits from side to side, you see uh, an old lady sitting down with a like a, a teacup in front mm. of her and a teacup in front of you. And then there's a, a um, like a big old pitcher in the middle of the table. And she says, once you have drunk your curiosity, TM, you will be able to <laughs> hand me your cup and I shall read the leaves. Okay, you got to come down on the lavender, though. <laughs> Lavender right. is one of the essential oils. We burn it here. <laughs> you know I'm broke, right? Fret not. The first reading is free. <laughs> when it comes true, you'll be back. Okay, okay. I want to see what you've got. Fox um, uh, finagles into the chair. and Ooh, I've seen quite a few of these in my days. All right, let's see, uh, let's see if your tea's any good. Uh, can I, can I, how, how good's the tea on a, on a, a zero to 10 scale from, uh, American impressions of tea to <laughs> straight, straight brewed from the finest tea leaves in the world? Um, you're on the poorest tier of gyme. This tea is to tea what banana saltwater taffy is to an actual banana. <laughs> awesome. That's it. That's exactly what I expect. I can mm. taste it and I hate it. <laughs> it's uh it's got a unique flavor. Yes, the flavor of mystery. Uh mm, I am it is quite a mystery where that flavor comes from, that's for sure. Mmm. Uh, I said to down the teacup. You set the teacup down. There's just a few little dregs at the bottom, and of course, the the original tea leaves that have now kind of split apart and and become all worn. She takes the cup very gingerly in her hand. She brings it toward herself, and she goes. <sighs> and as she breathes out, another poof of lavender kind of crosses the table and sets you coughing and confused and whatnot. <coughs> and <clears throat> I'm gonna have to mark that one down on a notebook real quick. Hide lavender in mouth. Go, sorry, go on. <laughs> Are you writing down like tips for yourself on how to fake being a mystic? Is that what the, like, the book is? Yeah. Um, <laughs> she says, I see here the broken bridge. 
You left your home on one journey, but have changed to another. Your original intention lost, forgotten, or fallen to the river below, the rushing river that swirls. She swirls your teacup around, and as she swirls it, another um, kind of shape begins to emerge, and she says, swirls towards gods, swirls towards the rhinoceros, charging towards you, danger, danger all along your road, danger along your path. Let me see what can be done for you. Surely something can be. And she closes the cup like it's too its too dreadful to look oh. at. Surely something can be done. Surely. She peeks wow, inside. Is, she says, this is great. But wait, from within the rhino. And she takes the cup, mm. puts it towards you and goes, breathe. Here we go. Breathe. And you breathe out towards the cup and she pulls it back towards herself and says, Breathing. I'm breathing. I see the tempest. I see the rising storm, the eye of the storm. You have a chance at attaining everything you want. Wow. But there will come a day so dark the sun shall not rise for thee. Thee? Why did I say? What is too much lavender? The day... When, when things will be so dark that you can't see through them. On that day, you shall need to find something? Some... There, there are words more ancient than mine that govern mm-hmm. your future. I see here, I see the tome emerging in your tea leaves. Ooh. Your, your destiny is not your own. Mm-hmm. Your destiny Chosen is governed by something that came before. Uh-huh, yeah. You're doing great. And finally, and she takes just a little, like, burning piece of match cord, and she drops it in, and as they burn away, the smoke begins to arise, and she swirls the cup so it forms a little circle, and she says, the staircase of ascension. Bravo. Bravo. That, that, that was a masterful performance. Can I roll insight on that? Sure. <laughs> I rolled a nat one. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what to make of it. She has, like, you know, she seems pretty convinced. In fact, on a nat one, uh, you feel, like, uneasy about it. Like, you, you've you're pretty sure it's just an act and you've seen a lot of these motifs before and you've got your little book and you're very skeptical, but like, there's a part of you that's like, I don't know though, but some of that seemed like it was kind of fitting. Like, I, I don't know. It kind of, the piece is kind of like, I don't know. What about, you know, like there's just a little <laughs> nagging doubt in the back of your mind. <laughs> yeah. You, whatever. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, how much do you normally charge for this? A simple lesser wingle digit will do for one reading. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, like I said, I'm broke. But um, as I told you, the first one is free. Let me let me give you some good good. Uh, I guess I'll, I'll leave a tip. How about that? Um. So far, it's great. Um, you're. You know, you're. You've, you've got the unsettling part good. You know. Not, not gonna lie, pretty good with that. Um, the lavender is a little, little, little too much. I do like the smoke effect from the mouth, though. That was, that was on point. Um, you know, and you might, 
maybe, I don't know, you might want to find a different place if you want more tr through traffic, you know? I, I don't think you see a lot of traffic through here. Anyway, I'm going to go. I'm going to... As one who has fallen, your skeptical armor may have protected you thus far, but there will come a time when you need to shed such things in order to continue your climb. I and become I'm, I'm, who I'm you sorry, were meant I'm, to be. <coughs> I'm already <coughs> out. Uh, um, uh, bye. Uh, nice nice meeting you. Uh. A little harp is played <laughs> by the door closing behind you. <sighs> mm. Man, it's been a while since those got to me. Uh. All right. Uh, I'm going to go on to uh, Malarkey, I guess. All right. Uh, you continue rounding Malarkey Circle until you eventually find yourself at the Four Guys Ventures and Vibes door. Beat up, mouse holes chewed through the bottom of it. A little DIY, rickety old wooden sign on the outside. Four Guys Ventures and Vibes. <clears throat> um, passphrase. The door opens. The dragonborn who you saw before is like, we don't have a passphrase. Yeah, but it would have looked cool. <laughs> to who? We're at the end of a one-way bridge. Uh, can I do a perception check to see if anybody followed me all the way here? Now? Sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just figured, but I thought I would at least double check. I, I got a uh, 10. You don't see anybody who followed you. Okay. Well, maybe, I don't know, maybe somebody was out there and it would have looked cool. All right, you know, give some mystery. All right, just let me in. Uh, uh, he steps out of the way and you're able to walk inside. Yeah, the mic and it looks up and floats a couple spores into the air so you can again communicate telepathically and says, what happened to your leg? Oh, um, about that. Uh, see, you have such great neighbors. Um, that they, uh, took my leg and, uh, my bangle, little, little magical bangle thing. Um, and they want to talk with you. That was, they were very insistent on that part. About what? Um, well, see, I kind of told them that, uh, well, first of all, they just wanted to beat you up. Now I, I was telling them you can take my other leg, but there ain't no way I can sell that. So I managed to convince him not to take my other leg. Uh, I'd still be wary, though. Uh, but I did negotiate as uh, me being, well, I was collateral until I convinced him to not take me as collateral. Totally did that. Um, and uh, now we're supposed to meet him at, at the bar, you know, right, right before Red Viper territory. Neutral ground on Rumley? Yeah. Rumbly, that's what they called it. What do they want? Oh, they want, like, completely ridiculous, like, it's not even worth entertaining except for the fact that I'm missing the thing that I, I just replaced my leg with. And What do and, you mean? Uh, what is it that they want? Uh, territory. They want us to leave? Yeah. Aren't we in the process of leaving? <laughs> well, I... I they don't know that yet. And you don't want to just hand it to them. This is a negotiation. <laughs> so is it a negotiation or an extortion? They took your leg. Well, not well, leg, but... See, they don't realize you're leaving. Okay. Right? 
so if you make it seem like, mm, wow, this is a hard deal, you know, you, you butter them up, make them feel good about it, and to get maybe what? we can. Well, uh, first one to get them off my back, but in reality, nothing, because you're going to be leaving anyway. Unless we wanted to go with Plan B, did we ever decide if we wanted to do Plan B? I guess we never really did. Well, or we could just beat them up. What I'm was willing plan to B? just flip the script on them. Oh, uh, you know, use this as like a bait and switch hideout address. We could still do that even if it is their territory. Yeah, the mic and it holds up a tiny little mushroom hand and the huge dragonborn pulls a cigar out of the chest pocket of his shirt <laughs> and hands it down to yeah the mic and it it's not a real cigar you realize yeah the mic and it would never smoke plants it's like a a piece of metal that Randy Mig Mikhail your R&D guy has carved into the shape of a cigar and he takes a cigar and he bites on it a couple of times cuz that's apparently what like cool bo- like bosses do in his perception of bosses from this single tier of gaim <laughs> and then he takes it out and he says i have an idea Let's give them exactly what they want. Let's give the Red Vipers our address. <laughs> I can't tell if there's a plan behind that. Oh, 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 wow. How did I not connect the dots? Wow. Sorry, being mugged by a bunch of teenagers really was really getting to me. So, uh, oof. Price, yeah, no, let's let's do it. I would really like my leg back. That's that's we have to get my leg back, and and the bangle. Well, then let us go and retrieve your leg and bangle at such great cost to ourselves. And yeah, begins quietly, mushroom okay. walking out of the out of the the building with you. <laughs> You understand. We're on the same wavelength, all right? I I like this, yeah. Yeah, the mic and it tosses the <laughs> like metal cigar thing back behind him. And uh the dragonborn like crouches as low as physically possible in order to catch it because yeah, the mic and it's like seven inches tall. So <laughs> he has to crouch did, down did, to get it. And was this puts your it influence? back in did, his check pocket. What? Did was this your influence? Did you did you do this? No, I am employee. Mm. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Thank you. We need to. Yeah. Yeah. We we all we. I, I need to come to the office more often. Is what I'm figuring out. <laughs> As you're walking along, yeah, the mic and it is explaining to you. When we arrived, there was so much gang activity that the only way to pacify the tier and make it plausible for doing business was to win. So four guys, right, ventures, right. and vibes began providing protection to the businesses near us and driving out other gangs. Unfortunately, every time we beat up a gang, someone else would just take their place. And so the Red Vipers kept moving into all of the territories that we beat people up in and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Hmm. Well, you see, you made a mistake there. Oh? You should have taken the territory. We didn't take any territory. Well, that was your mistake. But you just said we shouldn't have taken any territory. No, I said you should have. Sorry, I know. I have a bit of a lisp sometimes. It happens. That's a limp. All right, just because you're cool, all right, doesn't mean you have the right... (laughs) 
Yeah, pulls out another metal cigar from somewhere. Starts chewing on it again. We whip pan back down to the line where everyone is waiting outside the palace proper. Um, you are you've been in line probably for like twenty or thirty minutes, and it's only moved one person. Is you said there's an attendant there? Yeah, just at the back of the line, who's like you know making sure that people have their um, papers in order and stuff like that. Uh, excuse me, sir. Mirror. Um, would it be possible to have a, a letter sent to uh, one of the royal family from here? Hmm, that is not my position. If I leave, then someone will need to attend to the line. I cannot desert my post. Well, I just meant in general. It doesn't have to be you necessarily, just that process. Well, it is possible to mail things, yes. Well, not mail. I meant have some. Mail depot here on the clockwork tier. You could simply take your letter there. Do you know how long it would take to arrive? Uh, typically two to three business days. That's not... Mm. Uh, is this a normal pace? Is this the normal pace for the line? Is is this... This is the line for audience, correct? This is the line to meet uh, in the audience hall with the queen. Salem, queen of Gaim. Yes. Mm. Her grace. And, and for example, based on your experience, at the point that we are in the line, how much longer do we have to wait? I've absolutely no idea, sir. This is an uncharacteristically long line. Hmm. At that point, someone in front of you turns around, and um, the this this random guy goes, "Oh man, it's the monsters! They're bringing in some monsters from the from the mines. They found out what's been killing everybody. They're trying to figure out what's doing it, and I think that's what's slowing us all down." They like as in we can help move that along. No, what I guess I'm saying is we're not allowed to move along. You know, they've got to identify the beasties. You've heard the rumors, right? The rumors about the mine shafts, how people keep coming out of them sick. And last week, someone came out of them dead. Mm. Crazy things going on. And and it seems as though there are Can you monsters? describe these symptoms? Sick, they were sick. You know, I'm not a doctor. <laughs> they came out and like they, normal they, were sick? Not, they were not healthy. They were ill. Sick symptoms. <laughs> <laughs> the symptoms um, of a sickness. <laughs> um, and and it seems as though these these monsters that have been found they they may be the cause. Well, I don't know if they're the cause or not, but I certainly think it's not a coincidence that the gemstone guardians have been wheeling in big carts covered in tops from the mines. I mean, it's certainly not rice. That's why I'm here. I'm trying to get. A couple hundred pounds of rice requisition for my parade on the fourth tier, but blimey if they pay attention to my needs. Uh, yes, I'm sure that is quite frustrating. Um, yes. And so the reason that it's held up, you think, is because the queen is meeting with the gemstone guardians to talk about this issue? I don't know if she's meeting with them or not. That seems a little bit beneath her to identify monsters, but I know that her, you know, the the, the royal beast rangers are all busy with the parade, corralling all of the animals and, and creatures that are going to be in the clockwork parade. So, so if this is the line to have audience with the queen, yes. What specifically would be causing the holdup then? Well, the holdup would be the the monsters. I think it would be. It's got to be. It's got to be linked. <laughs> I'm telling you, there's a connection <laughs> on the inside. Alan's gonna turn. Alan's gonna turn back to Laredith and Zoth and just be, and and uh, and Radford and just say, I, I I I I think that he's correct in that there are strange things happening at this moment, but I. I don't know if the monsters are directly linked. I don't know if there's a way that we could 
get there faster. Radford, you know this place marginally more than us. Do you have any ideas? As they say that, you hear a different, more commanding voice go, Make way! Make way! Guardians coming through! And you see from behind you winding up the street, moving like of their own accord because the conveyor belts aren't fast enough for them. There are four gemstone wardens, which are sort of like the general soldiers of the Queen's Honor Guard, and then one gemstone guardian, who are like the, the top elite people. Um, one of the guardians is like rushing down the street. They've got, as described to you by this weird guy in front of you in line who is somewhat <laughs> Australian, I guess. Um, they've got a huge cart that, you know, two of them are pushing, two of them are in front of it pulling, and it's operating on one big wheel in the center, and there is a huge lump on top of it, but you can see dangling out of the tarp, there's one arm, and as they are moving closer and closer to you, you can hear the wardens talking to each other. I can't believe we caught a live one. We might be able to identify them this time. Zothkug, I would like you to make a medicine check. Awesome. I was going to ask. Can I assist? Uh, sh well, I don't think that you can assist because you wouldn't be working together, but you could make a medicine check as well, and we'll see what the two of you okay. are able to identify separately. I got a 25. Okay. Whoa. Dr. Zoth in the house. I got a 23. <laughs> Whoa. Two doctors in the house. Okay. Uh, Owlin, as you see them wheeling by, you just kind of step aside as they've asked everyone to do. You can hear the guy in front of you going, it's because the gods abandoned us. That's why the monsters are coming. Um, at the same time, Zoth and Radford, you both identify the same thing, which is that whatever the creature under the tarp is, it also has something wrong with it. It's not like a normal monster. There's some kind of plague or sickness or something. You can kind of smell it in the air as it goes by. Um, and it, it gives, specifically Zothkug, it gives you a deep sense of like soul foreboding. Like it almost feels the way it felt when you saw that soul crystal rotted when you were freeing the dragon. Um, it has that same kind of vibe to it. Um, Radford, you've not seen something like this before, but it's still, you can tell that there's like some kind of infection or plague or something like this has afflicted the creature that is under that tarp. Um, I would like to try and, and, uh, is there any, um, any of the guardians that aren't pushing? Yeah, the there cart? are a couple of wardens who are just walking along with them, kind of, they're the ones yelling, make way, make way, and, you know, kind of stretching people to the side. I would like to try and, flag one of the dama as they're going by I'd be like excuse me um i'm i'm trained as a, a medic and i think i could be of, of use in helping identify these creatures and solving your you problem. know veterinary medicine yes <laughs> do you <laughs> <laughs> this is the dm asking do you uh, i'm sure i've worked with animals at some point but probably I, not I, as I, a like, yeah, you've worked with uh with uh, uh rothe Rote, Rote? Uh, I have worked with Rote. Roll normal deception. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. They rolled low. I got an 11. Ah, uh, not that low. Like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> they, you, they rolled a fox low. I don't, I don't believe you. Let, let me see some credentials. And the rest of them have pressed on, but the one warden has stopped to see your credentials as a veterinary uh, expert. Uh, I'll just pull out a bunch of like the medicine gear that I have. So like I'll have all the med kits and everything. Um, I don't have an official license. I'm a lot of self self stuff. Uh, Radford walks up to him and says, doctor, uh, <clears throat> it's been a while since you've used your services. This would be great. A great time for me as your nurse to, uh, to, to get some experience. <laughs> like, 
sir, he, he's absolutely wonderful. He's the best in the entire world. Um, he's, his reputation precedes him in many ways, shapes, and forms. Uh, <clears throat> we both detected, you know, a bit of a, uh, a bit of a contagion upon that creature, just from very, very far away. And I go to describe some of the symptoms that, that we found. Uh, roll deception with advantage, Radford. <laughs> Radford and me are going to be homies. That's a one. No, with advantage, though. Okay. 14. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe me and Radford are not going to be homies. You s- you smell of alcohol. Is that that must be the antiseptic? Uh, very well. Let's let's bring you in. Uh, is is this gentleman with you? And he points at Alan. Yes, and <laughs> both this of these two, woman. Uh, uh, very well. Um, it, have you been tending to her wounds? He says, looking at the huge like cuts on Lerida's back. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. That, yes, and it's been a slow process. I suppose it must have been. And he says, well, She's very well, a lot come, of with me, progress. come with me. And he pulls you out of the line and begins leading you um, to catch up I- with the other um, gemstone wardens and guardian. Um, you are led into the into the palace exterior. So basically, the front of the palace, eventually it comes into view as you're winding through all these pillars and things. You're skirting around the line. This line is easily three miles long of people waiting to see the queen. Um, and sure enough, they're not being allowed in the doors because in the front courtyard of the palace where they would have to walk by, there's like an impromptu little examination area set up and mm. the gem- a number of the gemstone guardians and wardens have just slammed tower shields into the ground to create a dividing wall so that people can't observe their work. Um, so you are led through um, the, the arched kind of, uh, you know, there's this big archway and then to either side of it, there's this tall spiked fence um, you're led through the archway, and you see for the first time the outer walls of the palace. It's a massive construction of brilliant blue quartz and deep jade, and it catches the convergence of several skylights so that it all kind of reflects and winks back at you in a very impressive way. Um, there is, of course, not a lot of time to take that in because you're led around a line of tower shields to where this thing is is laid on a table, and they caution you the wardens come forward and caution you like stay back stay back at least 10 feet um and they're holding you back 10 feet from it and the gemstone guardian walks up and rips the tarp off the top of it and says well what do you think of it doctor and he steps back from it as well and (laughs) i'd like to make a medicine check okay uh make it yeah just make a medicine check okay can you make it with advantage because he has his nurse there who is trained in medicine (laughs) (laughs) um but Radford, you can make a nature or survival check to identify what the creature is while Zoth is trying to identify what's wrong with it. I got a 17. Five. Oh, no. I don't know. It looks kind of like a troll. Um, Zoth, mm. uh, this this creature has um, a, a sort of rot climbing up its arms. It almost looks like gangrene, except that there's no real wound. It's, it's like it's kind of spidering along the veins. And um, it is, it's a huge creature um, in, in descriptive sense, not in D&D sense. It's a huge creature. Um, and it is at, on some level a troll. There, there's a troll underneath all this disease, but it's got like this weird kind of green secretion coming off of its arms. Its tongue is kind of lolling out. It's not very conscious or aware. It's, um, it's not undead. You know undead things. Um, it's not a zombie or anything like that, but it's just really out of sorts. 
and it's hard to tell exactly what's going on with it from you know this this ten foot line that they've established that they're having you look at it from. Um, is is what they have contagious? Like, does it jump from creature to creature? Is that why we stand back? We stand back because it hurts us if we move closer. The creature itself hurts you, or the Physically contagion or... does. The sickness mm. hurts us. It emanates off in some kind of aura. Could I roll an Arcana check? Sure. Or like, 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 stick like, like my pinky finger like close to the aura to get a sense of what's actually happening. Yeah. And then Arcana. Um, you stick your pinky finger close to it to get a sense of what's actually happening, and as you do that. You take 11 damage, um, 11 um, necrotic damage as you okay. reach towards it. Does this look, wound look similar to the wound that Fox's Shadow Walker made on one of the, uh, what were they, the, the Red Vipers? Yeah. It does look somewhat similar to that, that wound tinge. It does. That wound had a fact. green tinge around it. It did. Not like, not to this extent. There sure. was like a little greenish tinge at the edge of a cut there. It didn't look like a disease or gangrene. It was a discoloration. This is like something that has spread through the veins and is like, it's this weird kind of infection thing that almost seems to have taken over the host. Um, Zoth rolled Arcana. Yes. And I got uh, 18. You are able to determine... A couple of things. The first thing is that the damage that you just felt, if the thing is not undead, which you have already ruled out that it's not undead, and it's emanating necrotic energy, it must have come into contact with extra planar energy that contain and these these you know, this aura coming off of it, it's almost like it's radioactive, like it's been charged up with something and it needs to kind of decay off of it. So you don't know how it could have come across something like that, but it at some point it must have passed by or fallen into a pool of, or in some other way found itself in contact with extraplanar energy. The creature itself is not extraplanar. As we said, it's it's some kind of troll. Trolls are native to this plane. Um, but the, the weird kind of energy coming off of it is extraplanar. And um, I probably on an 18, that's all you got. Would I know if, like, healing magic would work to counteract it? Uh, it would not work. Okay. That you know of. Um, hold on. I'm just, um, looking at what spells might... Like, would greater restoration, since that's not necessarily... Um, would, would I, would, but I think that might have an effect. You're not sure. Okay. The problem is that you've not encountered a disease like this in person yeah. before. This is something that you maybe have read about in a book once. You know what I mean? This creature must have come in contact with some form of extra planar entity or energy. That's why it's emanating this, this necrotic energy from it. Um, I would have to understand the nature of what what where this energy is coming from in order to better come up with a plan that would be substantial healing magic won't gun it at all i'm not sure if you've tried that yet but no we've not tried to heal them this is the first one we've been able to knock unconscious and bring back for study we killed one but the effects shortly subsided okay do you know what's causing this 
no idea, they began wandering in through the mines. We've had to close off two of the mine shafts, actually, because there are some weird superstitions beginning around them that there's some kind of wrath of the gods being being set upon the kingdom. The miners are a superstitious lot of workers, and so we've we've had to close those two mine shafts and move them elsewhere. Are are these effects on this troll? Are they the same as what you've seen uh, with the miners that have come out of the mine shafts feeling sick? Uh, the miners have come out of the mine shafts suffering the same sort of waves of pain that your your doctor mm. friend suffered when he reached towards it. We believe that it must have been somewhere in the mine shaft, but perhaps hidden in the dark, you know, in an unexplored section, and they walked too close to it, suffered ill effects, and perhaps fell unconscious or uh, otherwise were not constituted well enough to handle the, the, the issue and were evacuated by other miners. What? Mm. Is there anything in particular they've been mining, like say sacrium or something no we mine mine a variety of ores here rather than having mines with single veins we mine in particular geometric patterns and then follow any vein we come across so there's no one particular ore or other subject that we're attempting to mine okay well other than it being extra planar energy of the necrotic variety i can't glean anything else um, without going to the source. Well, you wouldn't be able to go into a closed mineshaft like that without permission from the queen. You know, we, we as the gemstone guardians are in charge of security, but to reopen something like that may have public uh, implications. You know, if, if the public were to see you going in there, there may be rumors or panic and on the eve of a festival, I would not want to risk such a thing without her express permission. Perhaps we can we can see if we can squeeze you in for a short appointment with her. Uh, let me let me go and speak to one of the uh, the the attendants and see what I can do. And the warden runs off while um, the gemstone guardian covers the the troll back up. And we cut from here back to um, Fox, who is striding across the bridge from Malarkey Circle to Rumley, once more passing the the smiths and their forges and their bellows and he um yes can i can i get uh the dragonborn to uh kind of like help me along a little bit just like it's getting tiring walking on one leg yeah 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 so the dragonborn is supporting you kind of really slow steps you know because you you're literally hopping really while you lean on him um so slow supported steps you leave the stacks behind. You make the turn onto the bridge from here to Rumley. On the other end, three red vipers flanked by the whole rest of the gang stand at the end of their bridge. The three leaders um, of the red vipers, Red and two of his cronies, begin walking towards you while the rest of the gang stay back to observe. As you are making your way across the bridge, seeing the group behind, yeah, leans down and taps his metal cigar on the ground a couple times. The notes ding ding reverberating, and you see several rats scurry out of the corner and rush back towards the stacks. And maybe a minute and a half later, you see a whole army of smiths and like laborers basically walk out of the stacks, tools in hand, and form up on the other side of the bridge, kind of flanking the three of you. Um, the Ooh. dragonborn helps you and yeah 
as you're crossing the bridge. You get to Rumley, where the top floor, that bar that Radford loves so much, shut tight. Door is closed, locked, <laughs> latched, dead bolted. The windows are shuttered. That like just no nobody is interested in being party to whatever this is. Um, you make it to Rumley, both of you now facing each other, both sides. The red vipers look towards you. They make eye contact. You make eye contact with the vipers. And slowly, everybody keeping eyes on everybody else, the red vipers reach into like their little bags and they pull out bats and things and they set them down slowly on the ground. You, of course, are not armed. They have your weapon. Yeah, the mic in it is too whoa, small whoa. to carry a weapon. Oh, are you <clears throat> carrying a weapon? Um, I proceed to pull out four different daggers <laughs> that I could have pulled out at any moment. So all of the red, Vi like all three of the red vipers are disarming themselves. Just Fox is pulling out like dagger after dagger after dagger, <laughs> setting them down. Fox sets his bag down, pulls out like maybe one ball bearing at a time, like just trying to last as long as they do, you know, taking weapons out of your back. Eventually, both sides have disarmed and you walk forwards into the neutral meeting space. The uh, red vipers led by red open the negotiation. It's time for you to move out of town, old man. <clears throat> can I? Can I just? Uh, sorry, I, I just want to start this by saying, um, listen, uh, <clears throat> I'm gonna like lean in a little closer, still keeping my five foot courtesy, you know. <laughs> uh, but leaning a little closer, be like, listen, man, this was really hard for me to set up, so I. Like, I hope you understand the amount of pain I just went through. And let me tell you, that pain was not the cringe that you put me through. But what my, I had to convince my boss to come here. So I hope you understand, all right? Well, uh, if, I back up. well if you want your stuff back, this meeting better go well. And you can see that your stuff is being held not by these three negotiators, but by the mob back on um, Crystal Alley. Do I have to roll deception to pretend that I'm really intimidated by that? You can roll performance. I'm going to roll performance. That seems more like a performance I rolled a me. nat 20. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even... Well, I'll give him a roll in case it's a nat 20 as well. Boss, you better work this out. It's not. I got a lot riding on this. Yeah, steps into the center of the group and a few spores... Light blue float up from Yaz's sovereign crown. Um, and now the Red Viper's thoughts are also in the, the loop. Um, the first couple things you hear is like one of them is thinking like, man, I love pizza. The other one's like, I wonder how long this is going to take. And the guy in the front is like, no way are we going to give this guy back that cool sword. That thing is awesome. Um, and then Yaz says, hello, shall we begin our negotiation? And they realize he can hear their thoughts, and they're like, "Uh huh, yeah, let's let's do that." Wow, he's short. Don't think about that. He can hear you. And like, you know, they're still getting used to the idea that <clears throat> yeah, I can hear hear the thoughts. I'm gonna whisper to to yeah, um, yeah. You heard that, right? <laughs> I heard it. I am hearing the thought loop just as they are. The one in the front, red seems to have a better control over his mental faculties, but the one on the left goes, gosh, this one-legged guy is so old. He looks like 22. Yeah, <laughs> 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 um, says, I understand that you want us to leave. And they say, that's exactly right. 
Well, you have some things that belong to my associate. I, I just stand up and puff out. And we'll hang on to those things until you move out. And you hear one of the cronies think to himself, all vulnerable in the open so we can take all your stuff. <laughs> and the first one's like, shut up. <laughs> um, they're, they're just not handling it well. Uh, this, this thought loop that they're all connected into. Yeah, it says, if you will not negotiate in good faith with us, then we will not negotiate at all. And he holds up the metal cigar, and they all are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, they, they've clearly seen that move before. And they go, we're negotiating in good faith, but we've got something you want, too. So you ask yourself, you think that mob can get across the bridge before his stuff hits the ground floor? I'm going to let slip a thought. You better hope that stuff don't hit the floor faster than your head, boy. His head snaps up and he makes eye contact with you. Roll a charisma <laughs> save. Sorry, were you talking to me? That's a, uh, <clears throat> a modest 17. That's a 20, a 20, and a 13. As you look into his eyes, for the first time, you take him seriously and you feel pretty intimidated. As he like, it's just a stare down. It's not magical. Right, right, right. This is the first time that you've really like taken them seriously. I take the leader seriously. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Perhaps you'd like to negotiate on behalf of your company. Yeah, you can handle this, right? <laughs> yeah. Says, I don't know. They are your things. Would you like to speak into the terms and save the DM from speaking to himself? I don't know. You're a great negotiator. You, you seem to like have this insight on this other person that's otherworldly. Perhaps, perhaps there's this fourth, fourth thing that's just you see right through. Um, we can hear each other's thoughts. Of course, that's the insight. That's the insight. You can You're hear right. them too. All right. <clears throat> let me. Let me just. I, I guess you know what? Yeah, you'll negotiate what they want. I'll negotiate how we get what we want. Because how they get what they want, I feel like is more your ground, and vice versa is more my ground. So um, I'm, I'm gonna be very, very frank with y'all. I have a really hard time trusting y'all. All right, and this has been very unprofessional. Now listen, I'll say you've done a good job, right? You've built something up from nothing, right? You had to have. I mean, uh, this is Fox being honest, like, Red, you, you run a ship. You run it, all right? I'll give you that much. And I'm the boss. You exude that. The people around you, I understand you're working with limited resources. They're just not up to the same par you are. But you know what? You can't, you can't stop that from happening when you're the boss, all right? Otherwise, you wouldn't be the boss, now would you? Now, I think we can handle this professionally, all right? That cool sword, as you so put it, isn't a sword. That is a soul-bonded weapon. He looks back and goes, looks like a sword to me. Long and pointy. 
Yeah, I'm sure you're very familiar with that. Um, sadly, not everything fits that definition and is a sword. So I'm going to... is Does he have Shadow Walker? Because he looked behind him. Yeah, the guy back there is holding Shadow Walker. All right. Are you about to do what I think you're about to do? Because this is going to be a dope bargaining chip <laughs> if you do what I think you're doing. <laughs> this is Matt laughing because he's realized he hasn't figured out the dope bargaining chip. <laughs> 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 you can never tell. Never mind. I... I know the dope bargaining chip now, oh, okay. but it would ruin it, right? Because then it flips the tables way too quickly. I don't know. And besides, I need my bangle. All right. Mm. So I'm going to I'm going to talk to Shadow Walker real quick. Hey, uh, Shadow Walker. And of course, I think they can hear me, right? Yeah. Can, can, can I kill him? Uh, uh, let's let's intimidate them because they're way more likely to go into the glory of battle than you are lately. <laughs> so frankly if you if you can't correct that i might just stay over here shadow walker yeah how about this you how about what? You, you you've seen we've been on a journey together you know the odds and enemies we face are a bunch of pups really worth it do you is that all battle is glorious you want to all glory is you want to be known as fighting the weakest people that we've faced and being proud of that. Do you want to be known as the one who was too scared to fight the weakest people he faced? I'm not too scared of them. I'm I'm just trying not to cause trouble for everyone else around me. It's called consideration, Shadow Walker, and I know you're a sword, but come on, buddy. Roll persuasion. Does the whole group hear this? <laughs> yeah, the just fox game? They side. hear Fox's side. Yeah. I was about to say that. Yeah, they all hear Fox's side, but they can't hear Shadow Walker. 13. Because Shadow Walker is not within the range of the spores <laughs> and can't breathe them in. So they only hear Fox talking. I'm not interested in taking the peaceful path forward. You promised that if I stayed as a stupid crutch for like a little while, that you would use me <laughs> in battle. And then you immediately didn't. I How can I trust your word? I haven't been in battle yet. Yes, you have. That wasn't a battle. Yes. There was a crossbow and everything. <laughs> it wasn't a fight to the death. It could have been if you got me involved. You're right. <laughs> but it wasn't. I told you. Meanwhile, the negotiation has stalled as Fox is thinking random sporadic things about his sword. Okay, we zoom back in. I told you when... We fight, I would use you only as my only weapon. Have I used any other weapon since? No. <laughs> I actually think that's true. Yes. I think you have. That any is other true. I've been very conscious of that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told you I would only use you. And I, I stick true to that, baby. I stick true to that. And hey, do you want to be known as killer of of aboliths what what people whisper nightmares in their dreams they don't even understand or do you want to kill the bum next door because you looked at your wrong for the rest of your life why is this an either or because that's what you're going <laughs> to be stuck with and 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 you're in his hands but in my hands you're going to be known as killing the most evil powerful beings known to existence they don't even know what i'm talking about Okay, you drive a hard bargain. That's a good point. 
Well, then make it fast. (laughs) I bring him back to my hip. (laughs) (laughs) He just vanishes out of the the thug's arms and reappears at Fox's hip. Everyone all at once kind of freezes and like, what was that? Give that back. You can't have that yet. We didn't agree on anything. Uh, All right. (laughs) Sorry. Um, as much as I... And what's all this about, like, the biggest, baddest, evilest thing in the universe? Ain't nothing bigger and badder than red, one of the lackeys says. <laughs> I'm gonna go dead pale. <laughs> I'm gonna look red in the eyes. Uh-huh. I have seen entire battalions minced and flown down the river. I have seen what this land can become in generations... I know powers that have worked to devastate all that our world has ever worked to do before your mothers, 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 mothers came out of their womb and even thought about starting your line. You have no idea what I've seen. Roll intimidation with advantage. (laughs) I don't think I can beat a nat 20, but I rolled it a second time anyway. I would just like to take a moment to pause and congratulate Fox on his old man energy. I think it's really good. It's really crisp. And uh, proud. Yeah. good old man energy. Fox have an inspiration for being in the moment. Gotcha. <clears throat> okay, well we just we just want like the real estate that's over there. So like <laughs> could we just can we just work that out? We'll give your bangle thing back if everybody leaves. Like you know if I don't see I mean, my can, bangle, even... I will work just as hard as the powers that turned off magic to make sure your last name doesn't exist in the books. You hear me? Wait. Powers that turned off magic? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were the biggest and baddest. That that must be within your purview. Magic wasn't turned off. It, it like, went away. Man. Hmm. What do you... <sighs> What are you saying? I'm just going to lean back and be like, your play, man. (laughs) Yeah, the mic and it jumps into the conversation. We will be leaving our premises within the week. You may move in and take whatever you like. How about that? Guy goes, those those terms sound agreeable. Uh, We will we'll we'll hold on to the bangle as collateral until such time as the, the thing is out of the other thing place and then we'll give it back and so we'll leave it we'll leave it with uh rocky over here on rumley how about that you can be you can be the independent third third party right Ro- rocky rocky you in, you in there you hear a little voice from behind the door no <laughs> <clears throat> if that's so uh why don't you go ahead and drop it off with rockley now oh okay he, he nods his head to one of his boys behind him Little kid, it's a long bridge. <laughs> Here it is, boss. And like hands over the bangle, and he goes, "Not to me. Give it to Rum. Give it get, not Rum. Rum leaves the place. Give it to Rocky." And the kid runs over to the door and like, "Come on, man. You got you got to hold this, or I, or Red will beat you up." That's not gonna make me open the door. Uh, well, 
why is the DM talking to himself again? They work it out. Eventually, he ends up with the bangle. A <laughs> <laughs> man's got split personality disorder. There's so many NPCs in this episode. <laughs> I say the DM just loves create. He loves creating realistic conflict and then realize that he has to resolve it. Yeah, I'm gonna start making you guys play those. That's what I should have done. Is I should have made you guys play the NPCs. Might be. The, so the conflict gets settled at least in the short term, where like once you have moved out, the terms are that when you're when you're gone, um, Rumley will return the bangle, and everyone goes back the way they came, and the 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 mobs kind of disperse, uh, except for Fox, the Dragonborn, and yeah, the Mykonid, who stop in at the top floor, which has finally reopened after the scary thing outside, for a drink. And on that note, tonight's Dungeons & Dragons session is going to come to a close because it's getting pretty late. Uh, we will see you next Monday. Until then, from all of us here at the Winged Badger Tavern, Matt, what do we tell the people? <clears throat> hey, uh, just wanted to tell you, specifically you, I know you're listening, James. Yeah, James. <laughs> right now, GG. NGN. Bye! Hey, this is Radford. They tell me you can watch these goofballs live every Monday on... Hang on a second. Twitch.tv slash winged badger gaming.